0: everybody had a good afternoon love this time of the year except for the sinus headaches yeah why don't you sing solos on sunday morning oh the springtime it's it's a picture of the fact that God God gives the promise of new life and uh, he makes us brand new so all right do we have any prayer requests this evening anybody else we need to continue to pray for mr. Lee he's still coughing real bad and, and uh, not able to be here all right yeah <laughs> Amy Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'll get this right in a minute. All right. Well, let's go to Lord in prayer. And as you pray this week, I'd also encourage you to pray for Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, and, and whomever might be here that are new or we had some people yesterday say that they would be here next week uh, as they walked out. And, and uh, so, you know, I just pray that if God leads them to come, that they would be able to come and feel welcomed. And and, um, and so uh, just we just need to pray for next Sunday that everything that God wants to take place does and people's lives are changed. Um, read a story in the this morning um, about a man who was invited to church on Easter Sunday morning he didn't want to go but his dad invited him so he went anyway and uh he got saved and he's now serving the Lord as a minister several years later and uh all because a dad invited him to go to church on Easter so you never know. I know it's it's Easter. I know it's the same story, but it is the story. If it's if we don't celebrate Easter, uh, we don't have anything to celebrate, folks. <laughs> so that is that is the transforming power of God. So invite someone to come with you next week. All right, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for. Your love, your transformation power, the fact that you change our lives, and God, we thank you, thank you that you've changed our lives, that you've taken us from sinful beings to being holy in your sight, given us your righteousness that we might serve you. And the privilege it is to be called children of God. thank you praise you and father as we pray for these that have been mentioned this evening we pray that you would bless them with the health that they need Gloria and Lee as they're really struggling with some things and Gloria needs intervention from, from you and, and then doctors and God we pray that you would touch her in a miraculous way Father, we thank you that Lee's doing a little bit better, but God healed him. His desire is to be here, and thank you that Jason's doing better. But God, we pray that you would continue to strengthen him and help him as as he continues to improve. And Father, we do come before you, praying for our church, praying that. First Baptist Church Midway would be the beacon on this hill that we're supposed to be that as people drive past up and down 2148 that they would see hear feel know that you meet people here Father help us to minister to everyone that walks through the doors help us to share your love your light God, help us to know that it's all about you, not about us. God, I pray, I pray that if I'm ever of a hindrance, that you would remove me. God, I don't want to be a hindrance of your work. God, I want to be an instrument of your work. God, we thank you. We pray that that we would be able to know you better as we study your word, as we're challenged by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20. We stopped in the middle of a... Discussion that Paul was having with a group from Ephesus last week. We're in verse 25. He is in the process of telling the people from Ephesus, the leaders of the church and others that are meeting with him on the seashore, uh, he didn't go into the city. He he met them on the seashore. He's getting ready to to depart uh, the area and go to Jerusalem. He is he is encouraging them. He is uh, given his a recap of his ministry there. He's he's given a testimony, if you will, and 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 wanting them to know that they can continue the ministry that he has started. And uh, in verse 24 of, of Acts chapter 20, we uh, ended with, and it was a verse that was really hitting to me, and it says, I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. So he's he's saying I'm I'm ready to go. I'm my life isn't worth anything according to the gospel. I mean it's it's the gospel first and primarily the gospel. And and so he's he's moving from that statement into this next paragraph as he continues to encourage them. Listen to what he says. In verse 25 he says, "And now behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. So here he is, he's, he's telling them I preached the kingdom of God to everyone that I saw. And then he makes this this statement that is very distressing to them. And we'll see the distress at the end tonight. He says, You will no longer see my face. He knows that his trip to Jerusalem is the last time as he leaves Ephesus or the seashore and goes to Jerusalem, he knows that he's never coming back to the Ephesus area again. He knows that. He doesn't know if he's going to die in Jerusalem. He doesn't know he thinks he's going to Rome. He hopes he's going to Rome. He's not sure, but he knows he's never coming back to Ephesus and he makes the statement, You'll never see me again. But he, then he moves to the next statement. I'm innocent of the blood of all men. Now he's, he's actually making a reference to Ezekiel chapter 33. So if you will, turn to Ezekiel chapter 33. Because I want us to see the, the reference here as, as he's making this reference. Ezekiel chapter 33. He's talking about being the watchman. And he was a watchman over the city of Ephesus while he was there. And so here's, here's the duty of the watchman. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 1, it says... And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon a land, and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman. And he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows on the trumpet and warns the people. Then he who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood will be on himself. But he had taken warning, but had he taken warning, he would have delivered his life. Okay? Verse 6, I'll go ahead and read verse 6. It says, But if the watchman sees the sword coming, it does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and, and takes a person from them, He has taken away in his iniquity and his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. All right. So what Paul is saying is I am innocent of the blood of the people in Ephesus that did not believe the gospel because I preached it to everybody. All right. So it's important for us to realize that we are in this. If we take this application for us. God's going to hold us accountable for not sharing the gospel with people. Okay? So it's important for us, if we know who Jesus is, that we share the gospel with people because we're watchmen of the kingdom. The kingdom is coming. I mean, Jesus is coming back, He is on His way. I don't know if Gabriel's warming up or not. If the Trumpets in his hands. All right. But he's on his way. And if we're not preaching that from the rooftops. If we're not sharing the gospel with people. Then whenever we get to heaven God's going to remind us and show us. And and we're going to have, have to bring an account for the people that we have not shared the gospel with. Now I don't know about anybody else in this room but I just scared the socks off me well they're still there but you know what i'm saying we're responsible folks and paul is saying i'm innocent of the blood of the people in ephesus completely innocent because i preached to everybody look at what he says for i did not verse 27 i did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of god he preached it to everybody and he preached the whole purpose, the whole will of God. Now he moves from what he has done now to an encouragement to, to the leaders of the church. He says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he Purchased with his own blood. Now, now here's here's a couple of things here as we we see this. First of all, Paul is telling the the leaders, and some 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 authors and some some uh, commentators say that the the overseers are actually the pastors of the churches, but a lot of people are uh, some of them are saying that this was just people leaders in the church not necessarily the the actual pastors because there's probably more people there and that that there was lay leaders there also so so for us let's let's include all of us that you're considered leaders in this church you're you're here all the time and you you lead out you speak out you're you're part of the, the people that, that are responsible, okay? Many of you make up the church council. Many of you teach. Many, many of us are, we would say, we're the leaders of the church. We're the elders of the church, okay? And, and the word here, overseer, is, is the word that we get Episcopalian from. Okay, or we get bishop from. All right, so it's a little, it's a different word than they use for elder that you get uh, Presbyterian or uh, Presbytos. Uh, That's the Greek word. Uh, So it's, it's not the word we get elder from. It's the word we get bishop from. And Paul is including, so I'm going to include All of us in this statement. Be on the guard for yourselves. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Because I want us to see. Because Paul says this again in a different light. And in Galatians chapter 6, he's talking to the whole church. Okay? Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to himself so that you too will not be tempted. So what he's doing here in in Acts chapter twenty. He's encouraging the leaders to guard themselves in their spiritual walk with God. In another place he he, he tells us to be careful lest we fall. <laughs> okay? Because you know, we're we're all I I make this statement. I'm in I made this statement in the counseling session once, and and the wife didn't like it, but I'm on, I made it, and I believe it. I'm one temptation away from any sin. Okay. Now understand that statement. I'm not saying that the temptation could be a fly-by-night. Someone just say, "Hey, let's go do this," and I'm gonna go do it. But what I'm saying is, with that statement, if I ever let my guard down in any way, I could get caught up in something that I would look back and say, how in the world did I do that? Okay? So I guard myself. I There are some things. Man, and I'm I'm not, And y'all forgive me. If I talk about myself too much, y'all tell me. OK, but I'm, I'm one I talk about myself because that's who I know the best. But in my job, I have to I have to travel with nurses and social workers. Up until this job, I did not get in a car with a woman. I just I never did unless her name was Lisa Watson. OK, or, or Danielle Watson before she became Danielle Barker. You know, she was a teenager then. Um, I I did not get in a car with a woman for a lot of reasons. If I did, I'd come. One time, I met a lady. She she wanted from a church, and she wanted to meet me. She was on our missions committee, and she wanted to meet with me at a place, a public place, that we would we would could sit and talk. Not in the office. So I called my wife. It was during the summertime. I called my wife and I asked, can I meet with so-and-so at such-and-such place? She started laughing. She said, sure. She trusted the lady. She trusted me. Now I'm put in situations where I actually get in the car with women or they get in the car with me and we go to visits, to houses, and stuff. My wife is very much aware of it. She trusts the nurses, and she trusts me. Most of the nurses are old enough to be my daughter or young enough. Uh, Social workers. And I'm still uncomfortable. I talk to my wife about it every day. She knows everything that I'm doing. I'm telling y'all now, I want as much accountability in my life as possible. Why? Cuz I want to guard myself. I want to be on guard because there's there's things in life that that's going to cause us to fall. And he he says he tells us here be on guard for yourself we could go on we could be on guard about what we believe we could be on guard about what we're reading we could be on guard on how we act be on guard on yourself but then he also moves on he says be on guard for the flock which you've been called made overseers by the Holy Spirit. Now Paul does not talk about shepherding the flock uh, in most of his writings. That's not something that he discusses. You know, shepherding was an Old Testament uh, concept. We, We read all about shepherding. King David was a shepherd first. Moses was a shepherd. Abraham was a shepherd. Psalm 23 is is one of the favorite psalms of everybody and then jesus says he's the great shepherd the good shepherd all right uh peter talks about shepherding but paul does not talk about shepherding very often but here he does he talks about shepherding and he tells us to to shepherd the flock of the church of god which he purchased with his own blood now the the phrase his own blood creates conflict or controversy because god did not die on the cross god or god the father did not go down on the cross god the son died on the cross it was god the son's blood that was shed not god the father's blood that was shed and anytime you talk about god the son they use the name Jesus or Lord or Christ. And here, he's. In, but you don't use the name Church of Jesus. You always see in the New Testament the Church of God. Okay? So the phrase, the, the Greek phrase should be or could be translated his the blood of his own talking about his own son does that make sense y'all with me okay so god didn't shed his blood jesus shed his blood on the cross all right now yes god god the father and god the son and god the holy spirit are all the same and 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 trying to understand the trinity is is way way up there and we try our best to understand it but Mostly we believe it. Okay, we hold on to it. So, he makes a statement. He tells them to shepherd the flock. He tells them that, that they guard over the flock. Why? Verse 29. I know that after my departure, savage, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So, so he tells us right here that there's going to be false teachers that come in now look Matthew chapter 7 you don't have to turn there but Matthew chapter 7 verse 15 Jesus is speaking in in the sermon on the mount and he says beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves so Jesus tells us that, that false teachers are coming They're going to be inside the church. Paul says, "They're coming. I'm going to leave, and they're coming." Now, if we would turn, well, and I will. Second Peter, chapter two, verse one. it says but false prophets also arose among the people just as there were will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies even denying the master who bought them bringing swift destruction upon themselves okay and many will follow the sensuality and because of them the truth the way of the truth will be maligned and if and we won't turn there for this, but but in 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 Revelations chapters two and three, we see the the effects of the false teachers in those seven churches. All right, so there's false teachers, and he tells them we have to be on guard, and we have to guard the people around us uh, as we're as 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 we're leading them because the false teachers are coming. And then he says not only will false teachers come but from among your own selves men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. So not just false teachers from outside but some of the people inside will be false teachers. And one of the false teachers in the book of Revelation is, is the Nicolaitans. And many people believe that that was the deacon Nicholas from Acts chapter seven, okay, and we talked about that last year. Whenever I first came, so a lot of times preachers get off the uh, off track, and and they start teaching the wrong things. So now verse thirty-one. Let's we want to finish this chapter tonight, if we uh, if at all possible. Verse 31, Therefore be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. Now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So he said that, realize that the three years I was there, I admonished each one Everyone, and I I cried as I prayed for him. All right? And then he said, I commend you to God. I'm praying for you to God in the word of his grace. I'm praying for you that you know God and that you know the word of his grace. What's the word of his grace? The gospel. So that we would have an inheritance in heaven. Okay? Jesus tells us, in, again, in the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to get to it in, in a couple, uh, well, probably a couple of months on Wednesday night, maybe a couple, uh, about a month or so, but in it, that we're supposed to store up for ourselves the treasures in heaven. And not treasures on the earth where moths and rust and so forth will destroy it. But that we've, we store up treasures in heaven. What are treasures in heaven? Good works in God's name. Salvation. Leading others to Christ. Sharing the gospel with people. Helping helping them grow in their relationship. Discipling others. Those are all good works. Serving, serving God through the church. Tithing. All those things are good works that we're putting things up in heaven. We're storing things up in heaven for him. For us. Whenever we get there, he's going to show us all the rewards that we have. It's an inheritance that will never go away. The inheritance we get here on the earth, buddy, it can be gone and, you know, Just let somebody buy too much Bitcoin and watch watch people's stock market go crash. Okay? That was a reference to something that took place several weeks ago. All right? You don't even know. Okay. All right. Now look at what he says I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands minister to my own needs and to to the men who are with me in everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive now what, what Paul is saying is that that he is not guilty of the tenth commandment I, I'm not guilty of coveting anything Whatever he was in uh, as a Pharisee he was in religion for the money as a preacher of the gospel, he's not in it for the money. He worked as a tent maker. He did not take things from the Ephesus church. He worked during the working hours. And then during the, the resting hours, he, he, he worked teaching. And he says, oh, Y'all saw how I met my own needs. I worked hard. And then he says, and he quoted what is given to Jesus saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, that is not written in Scripture anywhere, except right here, okay? Where it says in verse 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is an oral tradition that Jesus said that was passed on, but none of the gospel writers wrote it. Okay, but John said in his gospel, if everything that Jesus did or said writ was written down, then all the, God, all the world couldn't contain all the books. Okay, so, so uh, Paul, that, that was passed on from somebody to Paul, and, and he quoted that. All right, verse 36. When he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Now we can imagine that some of the things that he prayed for was for them to know God better, for them to be protected, uh, for them to be able to hold on to the the, uh, uh, the truth so that they would not know all the, uh, they, would, they would not be uh, attacked by the false teachers, the church wouldn't go astray, so forth. And they began to weep. Aloud and embraced Paul and repeatedly kissed him, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken that they would not see his face again. They were accompanying him to the ship. So as he was leaving, he prayed over them. Now we know that the church of Ephesus was a very effective church for years. For at least 30 years. Okay. But let's turn to. Revelations chapter 2. To see. What happened. To this church. Revelations chapter 2. And we're just going to read. One verse. Verse 4. Revelations two four said, "But I have this against you, that you have lost your first love, or left your first love." So for at least thirty years, they were a very effective church. Oh, they still had good works. They had they they fought against some of the false teachers, but they got caught up in some things and they left the priority of loving God first and serving God first and serving other people first and Jesus said I have this against you Paul's ministry in in Ephesus was an awesome ministry The leaders there were great leaders. They were very effective for a long time. I want to know, I want us to know that our ministry here can be effective for a long time. We're going to guard ourselves. We're going to be aware of false teachers. And we're going to do it with a generous heart. And know that God's God loves all people. And we're going to serve him in that way. All right. Let's pray together.